All right. Hello. Oh, wait. No, this is live. Let's go. Oh, okay. Let's continue then. Um, <laughs> what's up, Fight and Sight? This is Preston, also known as Press the Best, as you can see right there. I'll be co-hosting today alongside Timmy B. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, you know, all the fun, normal stuff that allows Timmy to keep doing this and allows me to keep coming on here, showing my face every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, leave some comments, five-star review, you know, um, just being honest, right? We're not uh, forcing you to do anything. It's just something that you would have done anyway. We're just reminding you. <laughs> anyway, um, today we're talking to a UFC legend, and we'll be going on about a budding romance, uh, talk about the Pena Nunez trilogy, and might even touch on the vera cruz fight coming up the sponsor for today too that's going to be midday squares i heard they're actually amazing you could say 15 percent if you type in fight and site 15 as the discount code so that's always good too that's kind of worth the five-star review right there and uh (laughs) yeah timmy all right let's do it All right, our guest today, he's a presenter, a sports commentator, and an announcer, and he is my absolute favorite. Anytime the UFC crosses the pond or stays on your side, depending on your perspective, you can hear his clean, articulate, and educated voice calling the action. He's an athlete as well, which contributes to him being so great at his job. He will regularly lace up the gloves, work on his ground game. He has a background in karate and judo and in triathlons and Ironman competitions. He's a husband and a proud father, a left footer, an Arsenal fan. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the voice of the UK. Please welcome... John Gooden! (laughs) Yes! Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you for that. How are you doing? (laughs) Good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and your background. I aspire to have a background that looks like that. My <laughs> I God. I was looking at like the, the intro, the credits, like all of this. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I need to raise my game here. I have <laughs> got plans. This is all going to change. But um, yeah, I should, let me just clip that bit out. That looks a bit better right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. I don't know. It looks pretty good, John. It looks pretty good. Well, thank you pretty so much for joining the show. My this pleasure. Is- this is our 78th episode, and I was telling you, as, as before we started, you are my absolute favorite commentator. I think your voice is so clean. It's, uh, it's I'm going to say right now, it's a damn shame that we do not hear you more. John, how do we get to hear you more? Do I got to call Dana myself? What's going on? <laughs> well, listen, I think some of it's a product of um, the, the times, right, with the pandemic and the UFC trying their very best to get out and explore new territories, but it's, you know, a lot of things are going to come together. The right people need to be doing the right things in the right places to be able to carry a card and all of that stuff. So, um, mm. you know, it's kind of is what it is. I, I haven't got a, <clears throat> haven't got a visa to work stateside. So that's the biggest hurdle. And I can't see why they're going to give me one when they've already got like a solid team already, you know, within those borders and I'm, I'm happy being the guy internationally as long as I, I get opportunities. And, and I'd like to think that they're going to start presenting themselves pro- probably more next year now. I, I'm not sure I've got much much coming up for the rest of this year, sadly. But I've got a lot of stuff going on with Fight Pass. So, you know, I'm doing a bit. I'm doing a bit. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I do want to start off. Sometimes we we ask for fan questions. And what I've tried to do now is I try to integrate them into the show as we go rather than leave them all for the end. This one I thought I needed to start with. Uh, This comes from Benji. He says, who does your hair? It looks incredible. (laughs) I'm going to see Benji. I'm going to go and see Ben on Friday, actually. Yeah, he's just he's uh, with a new barber. No, he's my guy. He's a UFC fan so whenever I go and sit in the chair um I get to talk some fight stuff uh with Ben so yeah he's he does he he does what he can with this thinning uh lettuce vine (laughs) that's uh at Benji underscore the barber 94 so if you're in UK go look him up right yeah in St Albans yeah he's your guy go check him out uh you know 
the UK fight scene is going crazy right now, John. It's it's booming. You've got superstars on the rise or like already there. You've got Patty. You've got Molly okay. uh, smashing that card. Now, how do you feel as a UK guy seeing this all grow? I mean, we've been to the O2 Arena twice in the last little bit. Huge things for you. Are you proud? What are, what are you seeing on the rise? Yeah. Here? hundred percent and i've been to the gyms as well so what you guys aren't seeing is uh, the the next wave that are coming through from these gyms and it's it's terrifying terrifyingly good <laughs> like the standard is phenomenal uh some of the youngsters that we we see coming through now and and not actually always the teams that that next generation for for paddy and molly and then you've got Team Calbon for Tom Aspinall. Um, you've got teams like uh, Manchester Top Team where Lerone Murphy trains. There's a guy like Lewis uh, McGrillan, I think his surname is. Uh, this kid's like 5-0, five, five first-round knockouts, I think it is now. You, we've got some, some really, really good guys coming out of lots of different pockets of the UK. Sadly, not really in London at the moment, like punching through led by Nathaniel Wood and that stunning performance he put in uh, back at the O2. Uh, it was such a shame that he didn't get to fight in March. And I think we've, I think fans, we move on so fast, we don't, we kind of forget the body of work that they've done before, like what he did at Cage Warriors, the excitement level of his fights. And I thought he just looked so damn good. And I'm pleased to say that there are more and more coming through from his gym and others. So that we're, we're, spoiled for choice right now we just need the right guys coming through i've got like my teammate sam patterson hopefully he's going to break through in the next year so um you know it's it's all looking very good no that's amazing what about uh when you're on the desk and we talk about this on the show sometimes some commentators not yourself are starting to get a little bit of bias starting to show through is it hard for you as as um, as an englishman and you're seeing your your countrymen do so well is it hard not to cheer for them just that little bit more well first of all there are people that believe that i'm entirely biased like really biased and i and i oh. i make i go to great efforts for that not to be the case and like it's it's not even a uk thing i mean I, I don't mean to like maybe my uk fellow uk friends will be a bit upset about this but i'm really close to guys that are in sweden like I've been to see Jack Hermanson a bunch of times now and I, I truly, you know, have so much respect for Jack. I uh, really like what he's doing. There are some of the guys that I like, Arman Sarukian, you know, I got to know him a little bit and, you know, I still interact with him on social media. Like Ilya Tuporia, who's like going like this Ooh, with Paddy Yeah, He's an absolute monster. And like I got to hang out with him a little bit in London and, I met someone that had cast him in a film, weirdly. And so then we had a little offline chat. So I really do get to become closer to some of these athletes. And it, for me, it doesn't matter where they're from. You know, uh, it, it's the guys from Australia, for example. You know, yeah, I, I remember yeah. Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, we... We, we were having good good chats and yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know I, I don't find it that difficult the best man or woman must win uh you have to celebrate you have to celebrate the winner in those moments and and sometimes those moments are really hard like jimmy manu are getting knocked out by alexander rakic in a brutal fashion right uh, until yeah. getting knocked out by jorge masvidal in a brutal fashion and where that is difficult is when you know that their, their family are there right and, We've been, I've been in their homes. I've I've seen and met the family. And now they can hear me screaming for the other guy. But that's my job. So yeah. people, you see it from like on the TV broadcast side, but then in the arena, like I might be close to friends and family. And all of a sudden I'm saying wonderful things about the opponent when I've not long been drinking out of their teacup. Do you know what I mean? It's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think people get it, you know, it's that's the position that I'm in. I have to I have a job to do. Um I used to commentate on my, my coach fighting, you know. I've I've commentated uh, on, on one of my coaches losing before for Cage Warriors. So there are some difficulties there. Um it kind of is what it is, but you, you have to try and be as professional as you can. You have to try and give balance to the broadcast, but 
you it's not a set 15 minutes where you can start splitting the time equally you go down the rabbit hole of one of one story on one fight and you've not even spoken about the other fighter yet and the fight's done fight's and you're like, oh, now it looks like i'm heavily weighted on the narrative towards that fighter but it, I was never given a chance to really come out. <laughs> to say. So it's, it's, you know, the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. I, has it ever caused any, like, arguments for you? Like, has anyone ever hit you up after a fight and, you know, talk like, oh, uh, why'd you I play this I've been pretty me? lucky. I will, I will say this, and I, I don't think you'll mind me saying this. Uh, can I say? Yeah, I can say this. Yeah, so March Casey's last performance, I... W- it's easy to end up going down a certain route with things and and the guys that sit next to you maybe don't know all the details and so they grab onto something and then all of a sudden you're swept away and it's a fight so you can't just keep talking about one thing. Right. I spoke about him going out to the All-Stars and like really developing his wrestling with Hamzat Shemaev. Hamzat's hot shit right now. So, you know, you mentioned his name and everyone's like, oh, Hamzat, Hamzat, you know, oh, he's a beast, you know, oh, that's going to do nothing but good things for him. And I got a message back from Brad Pickett after the event going, yeah, I was, uh, you know, you didn't really give a lot of a shine to the work that we've been doing with um, with Mark at GB Top Team. And like Mark stayed at my house for eight weeks um, and it made it sound like it was a split camp with. And I I, I felt like the information I was given, I, I, I spoke it fairly, but I wasn't I didn't I wasn't able to come back around and give it the full you know, comprehensive yeah. this time here. And I thought that I said a bunch of this stuff, but clearly, you know, Brad just wanted to just set the record straight. I respect him for it. I've, you know, Brad and I are pretty close in as in terms of like within the sport. So I'm happy to take that on the chin. And I explained to him, he knows what commentary is like as well. Sometimes these things just run away and you don't get to say all the things you want to say. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that because we actually had uh, a good friend of the podcast is Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. He's been right. on five times, John. He's like our best yeah. friend. <laughs> and uh, he had a really crazy story before his last fight with Lawler because he wore the Korean, the South Korean flag on his shoulder. And so he came on our podcast. He told us the story of why that was. And his his wife is is from South Korea, and you know, so his children are, are have that heritage. And he wanted to wear it, and he also wanted to get to wear red shorts, which he could only do if he was on certain countries. Right. And uh, so I thought this is going to be a lovely story. His wife was actually cornering him. I'm like, I can't wait for them to say this story on the broadcast. And they never got around to it. And you know, because yeah. that fight was insanity. There was no time for frivolous conversation, right? I mean, that was just a war. So yeah. is there is there any stories that you were never able to get out that you think like oh crap so I, I really wish yeah so and I, it's hard to break my I've got a terrible memory honestly <laughs> I do I, I have to write everything down but I research hard like it's where I take my comfort I enjoy the process like uh, as a I'm doing some research now for some triathlon work um and I, and I love going through it. And I'm like, oh, this person, oh, they've done that. Or you find out all of these little bits about their character, not just, you know, the amazing performances. And then you just, it gets left on the table because the fight finishes early or it's just not appropriate. Or sometimes it's, yeah, not appropriate. Or it's hard to get, it's hard to find the right words to bring about the story in the shortest possible time. Mm-hmm. And for it to be kind of relevant within the realm of fighting. So, you know, I write these things down and sometimes they just, yeah, they don't make the airwaves, but um, there are, yeah, there are plenty of stories, none of which I'm sorry. I could, you know, <laughs> I guess for I the always... triathlons, you get a lot more time to talk about them. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, You're the dying is, for stories. Yeah. The triathlon <laughs> thing is new to me. Like I'm still trying to design in my head how I'm supposed to commentate a, a triathlon broadcast. So, mm. um, to, yeah it's uh it's i'm a little nervous about it i'm excited by the challenge i've only done one so mm. i'm still still very green but yes i'm i need all of those stories but i don't know it like i know mma like if it was the other way around super comfortable yeah give me all the time i'll, I'll talk to you all day about 
these individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I have to learn how to do better on this podcast, John, is we work with a, a page called at MMA social squad and they do a lot of our cover art for our podcast and they do fan art. And I always forget to show the guests the art that they've done. So then I always have to quickly send it to them after, but I'll put yours up here, John. Boom. Oh, look at this. Wow, Voice of the look. UK. Oh, just about tickling my Adam's apple. This is nice. <laughs> yeah, well, so I've lost those sunglasses. Those sunglasses, that's made me sad. I've recently lost <laughs> those sunglasses. If anyone sees those Ray-Bans with the blue lens, they're matte black as well. I've missed them dearly. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe uh, a fight, maybe a fight insight viewer or listener has them and they can send you them for that free, would John. Be just swell. You get like 40 pairs now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean so all good. our viewers are going to send me? Uh, John, I do want to ask you, I, you know, we talked about the bias and stuff. Oh, one thing before I show this video, they've now gone to three commentators in the last mm, few years. It seems like now rather than a duo, there always seems to be a trio. Do you like that? Or do you find that it's harder to manage with three people like over talking one another and it's not really just a conversation between two. At first I was a little, not nervous, but I thought that I was going to have less time on the mic. Mm -hmm. uh, it is another person to manage if you like, because I'm the lead guy of, as much as it's the producers that, and they don't get enough credit by the way. Uh, I'm essentially the, the lead voice and then the guys follow. So then you want to make sure that you're throwing the right kind of questions or leads to the right person that's next to you that can respond with the, with the best response. And I worked with Dan Hardy, obviously, for a long, long time, and we spent a lot of time on the road together, and I really knew where his strengths lay. Uh, so that allowed me throwing the ball up i knew i sometimes even knew what dan was going to say you know that was the beauty of having a strong partnership so when i was working with paul like it was paul and dan it's like oh am i giving him enough uh, so did i overdo it then to give more to a bit like the bias thing right you then try and overcompensate to make sure that the other person's part of the conversation so there's definitely that to consider of course that the producers will tell you if you're you know you're not getting that balance right and then, and then I started to really appreciate the different viewpoints, and we are sort of spoiled as viewers sometimes. I know that, I know that some fans have issue with certain guys, but I'll be honest with you, working with them, having those conversations, and throwing, throwing some stuff at these guys who have done absolutely everything, I think it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege. Just sit next to Michael Bisping. There is nothing that that guy is not experienced in fighting really you know yeah. so you can go in any direction and he'll have a response that he's literally trodden the boards of you know so mm -hmm. that's you know when I've, well, I've worked with i've been lucky enough to do the same thing with dc same again and i actually really like it when he's challenged in the in like the technical wrestling mm -hmm. and i will try and bring that out of him as a, like a keen grappler I'm always looking to try and elicit the kind of more technical responses as well. So, yeah, I think I think we're really lucky. And it allows me to take a little step back and reconfigure, especially as the, as the um, broadcasts are getting a little bit more complicated, more promotional material. It allows the play-by-play -play guy just to just step back, recalibrate a little bit, and then go again. So I see the positives. There are – are there negatives? I feel like – feel like the broadcast can sometimes get diluted with respect to the individuals because it's now it's not just three actually because there's always a reporter and those reporters are involved on the walks they come to the broadcast booth as well um then they have a coach who chimes in too i by the way dean thomas for me has some of the best takes yeah yeah i love that i love that they're using him a lot i think he is phenomenal uh, as well but dean is just so good in that role, brilliant stuff. So, so actually, there's like sometimes six voices. Then, if they've got someone on the desk and they and they think that it's a really like there could be a really good piece of insight, they'll bring them in as well. And I guess it gives a more rounded broadcast. But I have to say, sometimes I'm like, you know, what's wrong with our views? 
Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, then maybe that's also because I'm I'm only getting a few run outs in the year as well. So if I'm, you know, if I was doing one every week, then people would want to hear less of me anyway. That's true. That's true. John, I know we're running short on time. Can I just ask you one video related question? I want your uh, take I'm on. I'm good for time. If you <laughs> yeah. guys need right. a little more time, it's fine. All right. Okay. And I will give a shout out to Bizbing. It's because of his podcast they started this one. His podcast is great. The Believe You Me. I love it. I took a lot of inspiration from that when we started this one during the pandemic. And uh, I I also want to say when you say, hey, it's hard working with new people. I just recently lost my regular co-host. So I I keep swapping in new people. So I know the pain of working with newbies, John. I've got Preston here. (laughs) It's tough. Uh, Okay, I'm going to show this video. Preston, I don't think you know what this video is. This is after uh, the latest Aspinall versus Blades card. And nice. this is a little, I don't know if this is true, John. And I don't know if you're going to get in trouble if you tell me if it's true. But let's take a listen to this. One thing I thought was very interesting, they did to all the American fighters, which is kind of janky. But no way affected the outcome of my fight. I'm not using this as an excuse. But before they start playing their walkout song, they're playing like the you know, pre-fight videos or they're kind of, you know, giving the introduction to the fighters. And for the British fighters, they stay behind the curtain until their song starts. But for the American fighters, they have you wait in front of the curtain for a minute as the crowd's just cussing you out in this. So that's really strange. I know it shakes up a lot of the other American fighters. I thought it was funny. That's always funny. That's hilarious. But yeah, got some beer thrown at me. I don't like the way I smell right now because of that. <laughs> that's the monkey king jordan levitt that's after his patty plim but we had him as a guest on our podcast john i don't know if you've spoken with him in in length but that dude is gr- a great dude uh yeah really, yeah i i got to speak with him a couple of times too because i do the pre-fight interviews that you see just before the they walk out so okay. you know the one with the orange globes yeah uh, yeah so uh yeah that i I produce a bunch of stuff for the UFCs. Or yeah, when they did the shadow boxing sequences, I'm in the room for the European and some of the international cards. I asked the questions and that kind of stuff. So I did that and obviously had him in the fighter meetings. Now I'm, I did not know that. And I've, I've been back, I've done the backstage reporter role a a few times now. um, And I've never really under, I, I remember seeing, I remember, I mean, I've got video footage, actually, like Dan Hardy and I, when we were on Fight Island, we were there showing video footage of the fighters all in exactly the same spot before Mm. they were walking out. So I don't know if um, Paddy was getting a bit more treatment because of who he is. as The blackout. Yeah, they were getting his walkout from a little further back, a bit like the main event walks do. Um, So I don't don't know about that. But... Mm. It's an American promotion. Do you hmm. know what I mean? What about, promotion. what about, I've heard that they prod the Canadians with sticks sometimes. That is, is that, yeah, is that, that true? Is a, yeah, hot, and the sticks are hot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a few of us yeah. in there now. Yeah. <laughs> we were hot for a while. Now we just kind of. Because the, the Canadians are just so nice. They just accept it. Yeah, and we actually say thank you when you do it. Yeah, sometimes. Go, oh, I've you. heard that as well. I've heard that as well. <laughs> Uh, John, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, uh, where can people find and see you next? Because over here in Canada, we're limited a little bit maybe to some of the shows, but for all of our worldwide viewers, where can people see John Gooden? Mostly I do stuff on Instagram. Uh, These days I've got a a really uh, solid deal with UFC Fight Pass. So I have something called Eurowatch, which, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, works better for if you're in the European market, but fans should be interested as well. I give a, a kind of spotlight to Europe, a couple of European fighters on every card and just give some details, show some like past fight footage, grab some photos and stuff just to give you an idea of who they are and, and also then the opponents as well and what we might like look to see in that fight. So I do one every week there. I've also got a podcast called Octagon Side, uh, which is now on UFC Fight Pass as well. I'm mainly talking with coaches. Uh, I also spoke with Mark Goddard as well. So I'm trying to do that. And then every other week, I'll just talk to the camera and I'll pull up some, like when I was in London, I gave some takes on, 
uh, like like bigging up the fight card, some of my ideas of, of what, how I saw some stuff, some behind the scenes things. So I'm trying to do a little bit more with Fight Pass. They've been good to me, really good to me. So I'm, you know, trying to put a lot of my stuff there. I'm, I'm on TikTok a little bit as well. I do believe that TikTok isn't just for dancers. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, might, it might happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing very well with the numbers. So maybe that's the missing, uh, the missing <laughs> source that we need right now, or maybe absolutely not. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I think that um, Twitter on fight night, you know, as everyone else is, but generally speaking, Instagram's where I'm at, but um yeah, probably need to do more, but you know how it is. Life interrupts and all that. Trying to give time to the family and and get on the mats and progress my own martial arts journey as well. So, yeah. And for those that are listening just on audio to this podcast, it's at John Gooden UK. That's his Instagram. We have it showing down here on the bottom of the screen. John, of all those young fighters that are coming up, who should we reach out to? Fight in sight. Who should we reach out to to have a guest on the podcast that would be a fun and interesting person? Uh, Muhammad Makayev is, you know, is, is a guy that you got to get on. He's really good fun. Um, I would say get like Nathaniel Wood, uh, Jack Shaw. Uh, those guys are, are always really solid interviews. They got interesting stories as well. Um, I mean, there's you, you can take your pick. You, Brits normally have a, a good sense of humor as well, so you, you can tap into that. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. That that and, that Makayev guy. Yeah. He's one to watch. Who the hell has 20, what was it, 23 amateur fights? 23 wow. and 0 before that's he then all, goes that's pro? That's the recorded ones, like the, the legit ones. Not not like he, was, he wasn't doing like bad stuff, but he did a bunch of boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. The guy has an insatiable appetite for competition. And he everything he was doing was building towards, you know, becoming the youngest UFC champion, which he's kind of on course for, probably needs to, you know, get things cranked up a little bit, but he's got, a, is it Malcolm Gordon? He's fighting next. So Malcolm Gordon, we've had him on our podcast. He's a Canadian. You can poke him with sticks, but <laughs> that's a flip on fight, man. Malcolm Gordon's looking good for a, no, fly, he is. That's a, for a flyweight. He looks jacked. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he, I mean, I don't get that kind of diet or nutrition, but hey, listen, so these, these MMA athletes with the stuff that's available to them now with the good coaches that they have around them, Man, it's incredible what they're able to achieve, how they look, this the whole weight cutting thing, which I wish what didn't exist in our sport, truth be told. But they it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awful stuff. But yeah. yeah, no, if you can get Makayev on, he'll he'll give you a good interview for sure. Makayev will be good. And John, one last thing. Do you are do you at all watch uh bare knuckle BKFC? No. I'm not no? oh okay. There's a there's a guy from Birmingham. Uh, his name is Connor Tierney. He's fighting on the next card, and he's a massive, okay. massive guy. He's incredible. So if right. you ever watch, look out for that guy. <laughs> okay, will do. Yeah, it's Connor only because Tierney. I think I've got – I better just say my thing here. I I have a problem with anything that could negatively affect MMA. I've always had this problem. I've got a problem with wearing four-ounce gloves in a cage. Uh, so uh, if it's not MMA, it's like kickboxing. Kickboxing is – Eight ounce, four ounce, six, whatever gloves, like size gloves they want to use. They've got Waco and Iska and their stuff, and that's legitimate and it's amazing. Glory, love it, love all of that. That's where it should be in a ring. Why yeah. do you, we have a fenced environment because of people getting thrown around like judo style, and it's to keep people safe. So. I don't, and now we've got this crossover with a lot of MMA athletes going over for bare knuckle and stuff like that. If anything happens to bare knuckle in the association with MMA, we're the ones that suffer. So, with that, as they say on Dragon's Den, I'm out. John, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. When I when I started this podcast, it would be have been a dream of mine to have you on. So thank you oh, so much for nice. coming. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All the best to you. Good luck in all your future endeavors. Everything you. that you do is solid gold, my friend. And uh, hopefully one day we'll have you back on again. 100%. Best of luck with the podcast. Looks great. Sounds great. You guys did a great job. So thank you very much. Hope Thanks, to speak again soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers now. See ya. All right, buddy. All right. I mean, that was pretty cool to interview John Gooden. Yeah. Um, 
one thing I maybe I should have said it while he was there, but um, I did some research. Apparently, he was uh, an electrician, an inspector. Yes, he, he is. Got into it. Wait a second, yeah. and you are too. Something like Dang. that. Yeah, I do well, elevator elevators. <laughs> Dang. But I was like, how do you take the leap from like, <laughs> you know, a nice, a safe, well-paid job to doing something that you're passionate about, right? And for him, <sighs> obviously, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, like right. this guy, yeah, this guy's life. Oh, my God. Like if you watch, if you go to his uh, YouTube channel and watch some of his videos, I mean, just sometimes he'll do some video logs of him like touring around the cities that he's in or in Abu Dhabi mm. on Fight Island. It's like, oh, man, crazy. <laughs> and and to have yeah. his life where like right now he's studying for triath triathlon so that he can like, you know, do the commentary. Ah, dream right. job, my friend. Dream. Dedication, yeah. Uh, for those that are here watching the podcast because of John Gooden, thank you for showing up. Uh, please stick with us, follow, subscribe, like Preston said at the beginning. Next week on the podcast, I'm super excited. Now, forget what John Gooden just said, but BKFC <laughs> superstar. She is fighting for the strawweight title on September 10th, Britain Hart. She is coming on the podcast next week, so we're so excited. Brit uh, Britain Hart or Britain Hart Beltran because she's married to uh, Joey Beltran, the former champion as well. Uh, oh. She's going to be on the podcast. Super excited for that. <laughs> that is going to be crazy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as Preston said, you know, visit middaysquares.com and use code FIGHTINSIGHT15 to say 15%. Those are those functional nutritional chocolate bars we talked about. Please do visit uh, and support the show by doing that. It's because of all the people that are doing that, Preston. That, uh, mm -hmm. that they are buying the chocolate bars. People have reached out to me and said how good they are. Uh, <laughs> because of that, we're going to be doing some unboxing videos. So Preston, oh, have, you been, wow. have you been seeing these? These are those, uh, <laughs> I got three I different boxes yeah. so far of the uh, UFC cards. I got all the different types. So this is the Don Russ 2022. This is the Panini Prism. And then mm -hmm. I got here the Panini Select. So we're nice. going to do some podcasts and we're going to unbox these bad boys and see how rich I am after all these uh, <laughs> cards. I, I know I wasn't here. having any luck with the Pokemon cards. And then I was thinking about the UFC ones. So I was like, yeah, at least I'm interested in the sport. Right. So yeah. Be interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and then these ones come like you can get like the ones with the signatures and all that. And then I was checking on eBay. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, they sell for like 400 bucks or whatever. So I'm like, oh, baby, I'm going to yeah, parlay yeah. this, <laughs> parlay this into some good money, my friend uh all right so what are we gonna talk about oh friends of the podcast update we've got a few friends of the podcast that are fighting this weekend on august 12th we've got ty shay tyler shaver she fights for combate global on august 12th uh you you know her from her appearance here uh, on the show as well she was a co-host one week uh and then we've got canadian fighter lupi godinez she fights on the ufc card this weekend so we'll get to that anyways when we do oh, the nice. picks all right, my friend, let's uh, step away from fighting and go to love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone knows about love, it's you, my friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm Do you know I was born on Valentine's Day? Were you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, <laughs> love, it's all uh, it's through my veins. Well, there you go. You're February 14th. <laughs> I'm February 22nd, so we're close. Oh, yeah. Uh I am going to show if you are watching the are you listening to the audio version of this podcast, you got to come over to the video or go to Preston's Instagram. Well, it's not there yet, but it's gonna be no, what's yeah, your what's your Instagram? Uh press the best. P-R-E-S-S. -S. Yeah. And then T-H-E-B-E-S-T. All right. Press the best. And this happened two weekends ago. <laughs> That is so awesome, dude. So for those that aren't watching it, that is Preston after his last fight in New York. Yeah. In, in New York, there. you get down on the knee and you proposed to your corner woman. <laughs> yeah. Right? So congratulations, my friend. That is that was so wonderful, man. Yeah, it was. Um, so like I planned on doing the proposal anyway. It was going to be next January. 
because we were going to okay. go to the Philippines and we're going to be with her family and whatnot, whatnot. So I had this kind of all planned out. But then I got this opportunity to take this fight at Warriors Cup in New York. It's like one of the biggest Muay Thai organizations in America right now. Yep. <clears throat> um, so I had to do it. I was fighting the champ. It was a title fight. And she was coming down with me. My other, the guy who'd be in my corner, he couldn't come anymore. So we still had a spot for one more person. So I was like, eh, gets her a free ticket. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, she's going to be there. A lot of her family's watching, a lot of my family's watching. So why not just, you know, cheap out on a photographer and videographer and just get it done there? <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and yeah, it worked. I had a thought like if I lost the fight, I would maybe retire from doing big fights, like maybe just kind of fight around the local circuit. But yeah, not maybe take these big fights anymore because it's hard to find the time to train now. Like I have a lot going on. Yeah. But I did well in the fight. Like, I cracked him. I gave him a standing eight count. So I thought, you know, I still have some punch left in me. Maybe I'll stick around. So the speech I did before the proposal, that was supposed to be the retirement speech. But then I didn't know what to say anymore because I wasn't retired. <laughs> so it was just like an awkward, I don't know what I said. Yeah. I'll have to send you the... Uh, the, the full video there i just kind of went on like six different tangents and <laughs> no no it was beautiful man you know one of the things that i thought was so funny when i saw that video is your opponent in the background he seems happier than anyone <laughs> like he is yeah. just cheering and clapping like it, that is such a cool thing that's I'm just what everyone comments it. on and it's like it's the beautiful thing of the sport too right like yeah you know, before the fight, like we did the weigh-ins and the stare down and I tried to talk to him during the stare down, but mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't having it. He wouldn't say anything to me. Okay. Um, but after the fight, it's like, you know, we've done what we did already. He trains, I train. We both know the kind of risks we're taking. So afterwards, there's nothing else to do but be good with each other, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Okay, I'm going to show the video here. Just to pay attention to right behind Preston. Uh, you will see his opponent. You're in best form. I'm so happy you do. You take care of me better than I take care of myself. Just... Like he's clapping more than anybody. And actually the video, I mean, I'm sure when it when it goes on your video, you're going to see. But like it was so cool. Like you see the fans all over in the, in the rafters and, the, you know, all around. And they're all standing and cheering. So really awesome, man. So congratulations. Yeah. This, buddy. No, it was amazing. That was probably like best weekend of my life. That was good. Yeah. Amazing. And I lost. Amazing. Like, I was so happy after a loss, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you were fighting several weight classes up. Yeah. Right? So this was because of short 15, notice. Yeah. 16 pounds over what I normally fight. So yeah, that's being a the first lot, person. Dude. Sorry. That's a lot. Yeah. And then, like, also being the first person to put this champion in um, trouble. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I was very proud of myself. The promoter, they were very proud. And, well, not proud, but like, what's the word? They were impressed with me, yeah. right? They wanted to keep their champ the champ, obviously. He's from New York, so it just uh, worked okay. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, congratulations, man. I, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it it's, it's great. Um, speaking of love, did you know about the, like, it's almost like a season of The Bachelor happening on the <laughs> UFC? This is where, oh, I got to get rid of this uh, banner here. So what I'm putting on screen is where Diana Belbita, UFC fighter, you know, not hard to look at. Mm. She tweeted after one of uh, Terrence McKinney's fights, if Terrence fights Patty and beats him, I will start dating T. <laughs> you heard about it's this, right? Going, yeah, it was going all around Twitter and Instagram, I guess. Yeah. And what's the then, background? Like, what's the... Do they really, do they know each other well? Like what I have I have no idea. I, I don't <laughs> know the story. Like he's not Canadian, right? I don't mm. think he's Canadian. Uh, that goes around though, makes headlines because it's like now it is kind of weird, right? But okay, maybe there's something there. And then uh, so I thought, okay, we should talk about it on the podcast. And then last week before Terrence fought on the card, I thought, mm. oh, we should talk about it. Of course, we've run out of time. Don't talk about it. Then he wins in glorious fashion and he calls out Patty. Yeah. You're like, 
well, of course you're calling out Patty because uh, you got Diane on the line here, right? <laughs> yeah, and that tweet resurfaces and... And the tweet resurfaces and everything. Now, mere minutes before we started recording this podcast, did you see what happened? Were you glued no. to your phone as you should be, Preston? No? No, I was getting a massage, well, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Using those benefits. Sudden, <laughs> those electrician right benefits. Yeah. So the... The tweet comes out. I'm putting it on screen here. Bam! The congrats. So Diana tweets, congrats. Uh, confetti emoji, prayer <laughs> emoji. Sorry, the bet is off. So then people are like, what the hell? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Right? Then you go over. So then I'm trying to research really quick because I'm like, what the hell? There's no news outlet that has reported on this very important news. You know, mm -hmm. then you see on uh, T-Rex's Twitter, he posted this and apparently he just had a baby. So Ooh. his so his Twitter says, I understand now I'm a father and I always respect my son. And he has some other beautiful posts with his little <laughs> newborn baby. Yeah. So I guess probably her trying to save herself from. Having people think she's trying to wreck a family now or well, yeah. And I mean, I obviously then the first post that she posts, obviously she has no clue. Cause you're saying, like, oh, what's the relationship? Must not be much because obviously he's having a baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, in in typical days of our lives fashion, you know, the romance is up, the romance is down. And then you look below this is the worst. You look below the Twitter of uh diana's that says the bet is off and it's yeah. just people blasting her like why what's going on why would you do that blah 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 right <laughs> even i'm just cut a few pieces here sweet dreams hill tweets she belonged to the streets and then diana responds i call it self-respect so oh, yeah. she was i mean <laughs> i feel bad for her but she's getting hammered on twitter as of the time of recording mm -hmm. this, I don't think everyone goes over to McKinley's yeah, uh, in, onto his thing to even see what really is happening. And she, yeah, you know, yeah. why would you not just say congratulations on your newborn son? The bet is off. <laughs> yeah, just right? turn it into like a joke or something. Add, right? add, add something. Here's another thing. How about just not freaking tweet about it at all? <laughs> like this is not a legally binding contract diana like just because you yeah, tweet that yeah. if he does go out and beat patty you don't have to date him and it's not <laughs> like you said you're gonna marry him so like it was just such a weird thing but uh i thought we would talk yeah about that. i mean i don't know i guess like when you have a hundred thousand people or whatever watching your every tweet and your every move and then you kind of make it into the headlines with that tweet now you're thinking like oh like what's the best thing to say now how do i save myself yeah. Do I need to save myself, right? How many how many times did she probably rejig that tweet, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and it's funny because um, she even said after that first tweet went viral, she said that she ended she put it on Twitter and didn't put it on her Instagram because her coach doesn't follow her Twitter, and she was like, "I was just doing something. I didn't want my coach to see it," and then it blew oh. up, <laughs> right? And so you're uh, right. She probably ended up feeling like, oh, crap. Now I got to respond to this. Now I got to do something. And I guess maybe, I guess, hey, maybe if she didn't respond, then people are going to be like, oh, well, what's going on? And the people will just ask her forever, right? Like, what's yeah, the deal? Yeah. at least now she's ended the uh, the chain. But uh, <laughs> I, like how, now. I like how Sweet Dreams Hill, like, <laughs> comes in fast and hot uh, yeah. on the thing, man. That's pretty Sounds funny. Like someone else you need to get on the podcast to uh, talk about now. Who, Diana? Yeah. Oh, Diana does not respond to any of our uh, tweets or, <laughs> or mentions, Press. She does, it, you know, speaking of the, the team that does the posters uh, at MMA Social Squad, she reposts mm -hmm. their stuff all the time. So I just oh, got to yeah. somehow figure it out, you know. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we'll play matchmaker. Or we'll do some, some sort of uh, newlywed game with Diana. Uh, yeah. All right. From one female star to the next. Ooh, yeah. I'm showing up. I'm showing a picture here of the Venezuelan vixen. Now you saw this fight between yeah, uh, my, Julia uh, Pena and Nunes. My heart broke a little bit in that one. Ooh, that was a tough one. 
Preston, the question for you is, do they do a trilogy fight next? You know what? Next? I don't think so. But I think Pena is one fight away from getting that trilogy. I think that's what needs to happen. I mean, who... But that's the thing. Like, who's up next right now? Like, who would be up next? Ketlin this Vieira. This is 135, right? 135. You got Ketlin Vieira, hot on the heels of the title. You got Raquel Pennington, who's made, who's made a run back. Mm. In truth, I wouldn't mind seeing Raquel versus Pena. They're kind of evenly matched, I feel. Like, they're both kind of that brawl. Were they on the same season? They were on the same season, weren't they? Hmm. If I ran a podcast, I I should know that. I know Raquel was on, but yeah, Pena was on. So they were on the same season. Yeah, I don't know. That would be. That would be. I feel like that's a good fight. I know that uh, online they were saying it was going to be. They people were predicting uh, Raquel versus Ketlin Vieira as Mm kind of like a contender uh, fight. But okay, so you're saying no to the trilogy immediately. So you're, you're saying that after 25 minutes of getting murdered, hmm. you don't deserve a, a rematch. And having never defended your title reason, once. Yeah. So the reason why I even... Because normally I'd say like, okay, no, she got beaten bad, right? But yeah, the reason why I even contemplate is because like... She still kind of gave her a fight. Oh, in a damn, way that like, no one else has. Like some people, or a lot of people, thought like the first fight between them was like, oh, she got lucky with a few punches, or you know, maybe Nunez was just not training or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she kind of proved, like, she proved that that first fight wasn't a fluke. Like that's just nope. that's how she fights. She's very aggressive. No one's aggressive like that to Nunez. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, whatever it was, didn't go in her way this time, right? Yeah, no, she got going. in. She got in some good shots. Yeah, you know? she had a lot of those submission attempts, which oh, had me screaming every time. Oh. I was so excited, but <laughs> there, yeah, no, it was good. So you're, yeah, I, like I like Pena a lot. Mm. I was hoping she would win. I thought she would win. I did some yeah. very poor uh, body language analysis on our Instagram, where <laughs> I thought I could see that Nunes was fading, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah I, okay. Just so so we're clear. I 1 million percent do not think she should get a trilogy fight next. You're right. I think she fights one, maybe two fights and then gets her shot back. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't think after 25 minutes of getting beat like that, 50, 43, I think it was on (laughs) on most scorecards. So that means there were like two 10, eight rounds. I don't know that you go back there because if you lose again, then what does that do for your stock? Like, I also feel like, when I look at your Wikipedia results, I need to see green, red, red green, red. Like I can't see red, <laughs> red, red. Cause that's yeah. not good. And then even if she does beat two other people, you know, everyone's just going to think like, Oh, we've already seen what happens when she fights Nunes. Right. Um, <sighs> yeah. But you're growing, you're getting, you know, she's, she's still young. She's been out for a she's long time prime. too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was out for a long time. So she's kind of come back and she's doing well. I always wanted to see Pena versus Tate. Because I thought that would oh, be yeah. a good matchup. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so we will see. But okay, so both of us agree. Pena Nunes trilogy should not be happening right now. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, last thing that we are going to talk about or that we have scheduled to talk about is the upcoming fights this weekend. So mm-hmm. here is the official poster. Chito Vera. All right. Cheeto Vera versus uh, Dominic Cruz. Preston, what do you notice about this poster? I'm going to ask you. Well, what do I notice? See if do you notice anything odd about the poster? Putting it on the spot here. <laughs> no. Um, no, I can't pick it up. How many what fighters do you see on the poster? Just the two. Just the two, because this card is very weak. Preston. I was about to say, who else is fighting? <laughs> yeah, like it is weird that, I mean, I know that they do this sometimes, but yeah. on this card especially, uh, 33% of the main card doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. 
Okay, so four of the 12 fighters on the main card don't have a Wikipedia page. Four of the 10 on the prelims don't have a Wikipedia page. I know that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it kind of means something, right? Yeah, the only positive thing like that I've noticed is usually on those cards where you know they look weak, like it's yeah. all kind of no names or people who are having their first fights and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They are all people who have something to prove, right? They kind of see this as like, oh, this is my chance to do something that's going to make me stand out and get the bigger fights down the road. So yep. you might end up with, it might not bring a lot of people to the card or to the fight, but um, there might be a lot of highlights afterwards, right? There might Damn. be a lot of first round finishes and whatnot. Damn straight, just like right? last weekend. Yeah. Right? It was last weekend. Fight was a finish there. 100% finish rate. <laughs> Right, 100% finish rate. Uh, that was not a very exciting looking card, right? Mm-hmm. And it ends up in 100% finishing rate. I was messaging uh, Joe Martinez, a ring announcer, Joe Martinez. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. He's a wicked, dude. I was messaging him during the fights while they were happening, and I was like, "Dude, you're not getting a lot of time to rest here, <laughs> like in between <laughs> announcing. Like the fights were going so quick, you know." Yeah. And he was laughing, but yeah, I mean, that's a great card. So you're right. That's what could happen on this card. But mm-hmm. uh, let's take a look at a few of the fights on the card. The first one I want to look at is the, and I'm so mad that this is the on the prelims. But our former guest of the podcast, Lupi Godinez, Mexican Canadian versus Angela Hill. At a catch weight of 120 pounds. I don't understand why that is because they're both normally straw weights. I think Angela Hill took this on short notice. Or no, oh. I don't even know. Anyways, Lupi yeah, Godinez versus me. Angela Hill. Preston, do you know both of these girls and who is your pick? I know Angela Hill very well. Okay. She's been all around. But Lupi, Go- Lupi Godinez is the one that fought like three times in 45 days. <laughs> that right. Yeah. She's the one that power bombed uh, Jessica Pen- Pena on her uh, debut. Mm-hmm. She's a monster. I actually remember that one. Um, yeah. yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, and it's sad for me because, like, I've been watching UFC for I don't know when I started. I guess it was around like 2011, maybe 2012. Okay, and all the guys and girls who were kind of from that era. You're just seeing them all go out in like a sad way, right? Like Donald Cerrone and all <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. All your greats, you're like, oh, you know, this might be their retirement fight. I want to see them go out at the bang, but it's like the complete opposite. Well, it um, is a bang, but it's the bang <laughs> on the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, You're right. Know, you're Hill. right. Angela Hill, she's an OG, but she is only one win in her last six mm-hmm. fights. She's on a three-fight right. losing streak. And she's fighting Lupi Godinez, who is a monster. Her last fight, oh, Joe Christ. Rogan was singing her praises, saying that this is her <laughs> coming out party. He has never seen her look that amazing, blah, blah, blah. That was when mm-hmm. she beat uh, Ariane Carnalosi. Uh, Lupi is eight and two on a two fight win streak. She's won three of her last four. Uh, Preston, this is not even going to be close, my friend. Lupi is going to destroy Angela Hill. (laughs) And I know we've. uh, Angela Hill trains with a bunch of people that we're friends with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do like Angela Hill for that. She's blocked us on Instagram. So I'm not, you know, her greatest fan. But I wish her well. I do. Why do I remember that? What What, happened? That she she blocked us? Yeah. Because we, because I made a comment saying you shouldn't be talking shit about Tisha Torres for looking all muscular, and 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 saying that she takes steroids, when there's yeah. never been a thing about that. Like she's never, I don't think she's ever tested positive or what. Who cares? You can't. Yeah, like, it's you know, big accusations. Yeah, you got to be respectful, man. And Tisha Torres has always looked jacked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, like it's not like she suddenly showed up like Uberim one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, anyways, I said something like that politely. But instant block. So, anyways, mm. Lupi Godinez for Canada, kick ass, get that fight. Amen. In the main card, I want to talk about the women's flyweight fight: Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunez. That's Nina Ansarov. That's uh, Amanda Nunez's wife. Yeah. Preston, 
Nina Nunez or Cynthia Calvillo. Do you know these girls? Yeah. Um, who would I pick on this one? Just for some uh, backstory here, Nina Nunez lost her last two, but before that, she was on a four-fight win streak. She's 10-7. and seven. And mm. Cynthia Cavillo, who uh, fights out of Team Alpha Male, uh, or she did, now she's with AKA. Um, she's, you know, she's a gritty, tough fighter, but I know she's had some hard times. She lost her last three. Uh, she's only won one of her last five. Mm-hmm. This is what the co-main event? No, no, no. This is like third on the card. I'm just saying this one because oh, okay. I because because Nina Nunez adds yeah. some interest here. You know, <laughs> right? Because right. even though she's on a two fight losing streak, but does she get does she draw off the energy of her wife on that dominant mm-hmm. win? You know, motherhood, blah blah blah. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. So, not even just with the whole relationship thing, but. Nunez, um, Amanda Nunez, she must have been like this training camp must have been like an intense one for her, right? Yeah, she wanted that belt back and whatnot. Yep, and you'd got to think that she was right there with her, right? Right through mm-hmm. the camp. So, of course, because your fight was two weeks later, yeah. So, I'm thinking, you know, her cardio must be amazing right now. Um, she might be on top, whereas uh, with Cynthia. All like all those losses, you know. I don't know. It does something to you. It makes you question yourself. It makes you question your just your routine and your attitude with fighting. You know, your style just Mm -hmm. throws you right off. So now I don't know when she switched over to AKA. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. to AKA. Sometime in 2020 is what Wikipedia says. But in since 2020. I mean, before that, she was eight and one. In 2020, she has one fight. She beats Jessica I. Then mm. she goes on a three-fight losing streak. So yeah. potentially, you move gyms, and you either have gone one and three or zero oh and three. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, she's got zero chance, dude. Zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jessica I isn't really, I mean, like, who hasn't beat Jessica I at this point, right? I have not beaten Jessica I. <laughs> so I will put I that out there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't either. But I know <laughs> But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Okay, so we're going with uh, Nunez on that? Yeah, I would. If I okay, had let me just tell you right now, Preston. If you want to make money for your wedding, right? Like, you oh, need money need for that. an elaborate wedding, okay? Fight Insight may do a podcast from your wedding. <laughs> Let's do that. You bet. Sponsor. You bet. You bet. <laughs> you bet all your money on a parlay on Lupi Godinez and Nina Nunez. And God knows the odds may not be fantastic, but anytime it's a parlay, it's pretty decent. So right, I think right. you go. I think you go Lupi with Nina Nunez, and I think that's your money in the bank because I don't see either of those two winning. Uh, two losing. Losing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the so. next, the next two, fi- the next two fights on the main card have fighters that are are fantastic. But let's skip the, over those. Uh, we're going to go to the main event. We'll go to Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic the Dominator Cruz. This mm-hmm. is a very interesting fight. This is like a title eliminator fight. <sighs> what do you got, Preston? Break this down for us. This is why you're here. This is why we're paying you the money. <laughs> yeah, I would say style stylistically. Um, so Vera's on like, he's on a rise right now, right? Yep. Three they, fight win streak. Yeah, you could tell they kind of want him for the title shot eventually. Um, yep. But so he lost to um, Aldo. That was his last loss, right? He lost to Aldo back in 2020. Since then, he beat Davey Grant by decision, Frankie Edgar by that disgusting front kick, and then the the mm-hmm. murder of Rob Font on the five-round decision. And that was yeah. also fight of the night, performance of the night, fight of the night. Right. But see, with Aldo, Aldo was like, he's very he was very quick, right? Um, I think that was causing a lot of problems with him. And going against someone like Dominic Cruz, I think he might find issues with that style as well. Um, okay. But the one thing is that Vera can crack, right? 
And oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. Cruz doesn't he doesn't get hit often, but when he does get hit, when it turns to like a Cody Garbrandt kind of fight, um, you know, he's doing back somersaults on the floor and whatnot, and it's so I could see it going that way. I don't know. The longer Dominic. the fight goes, I think the better it is for Cruz. And it might be good that it's a five-round fight. Yeah. Um, if he can kind of avoid and duck, dodge, duck, dodge. Yeah. Get them late. Bring it into in later rounds. Um, just pick, pick him apart, right? Just touch, 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 touch. Frustrate him. But for Vera, he's going to want to try and take him out, like, in the first three rounds. First two, preferably. Uh, Dominic Cruz is on a two-fight win streak. He last lost to Henry Cejudo and Cody Garbrandt back in 2020 and 2016. Because remember, Dominic fights, you know, he's had all his problems with plantar fasciitis yeah. or whatever it is, right? Like he's had lots yeah. of problems. So two-fight win streak, though, over Casey Kenny, which was a split, and then Pedro Munoz, which was a, a unanimous, and that was a fight at the night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, does age come into factor, Preston? Dominic Cruz is 37, <laughs> and Marlon Marlon Vera is twenty eight, so it's a nine. Or sorry, twenty nine. So it's an eight year difference in age, but you're talking mm-hmm. you're talking late thirties. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does. It always comes into effect, right? And especially for like the motivation too. Like Cruz, he's kind of done it all, right? He's been the champion like everywhere he's fought. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. And now he has, you know, he's doing the commentating as well. Just like John Gooden there. Good guess. Um, Shout out John Gooden. <laughs> so it's almost like what? It's a like long what? climb back to the top, right? Like, is he really going to become the champion again? And is he going to hold it for as long as he can? Or is he comfortable with his job right now? And is he kind of happy with just jumping in there every once in a while to satisfy the itch of getting the fight, right? Um but then if that's the case, you shouldn't be fighting top contenders. But then again, what else are you going to do? Yeah. And at the same time, too, like you don't want when you're that big of a name, like you don't want to be fighting the no name guys because. Yeah. The Dana hurts White contender series. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, Dominic Cruz is only fighting like, yeah, you know, guys with their debuts and whatnot. Like that's embarrassing. Yeah. Or, oh, he's on the undercard and whatnot. He yep. wants those main event fights. He's used to them, yep. right? Of course, of course. And like you said, his style leads uh, lends him to five round fights a lot better than a three round. Yeah, so, yeah. He kind of has to take the main. Yeah, so you're right. He he kind of has to take the main event so that he can drag it out into deep waters and then use his kind of style of game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we see the old Dominic Cruz because, yeah, he's one of my favorite fighters. Just that style, I love it. It's awkward and orthodox. I'm kind of the same way. Although, like, I just do, I do a lot of dangerous things in my fights. My coaches are always yelling at me, like, you know, <laughs> why do you circle into your opponent's power? I'm yeah. a lefty, right? I'm supposed to be circling away from their power, but I like to go into it because I feel like it's more predictable, right? I keep my hands mm-hmm. down because I feel like their punches are more predictable. They just see my head open, so I'm just watching for that. And I feel like he's kind of the same way. He just does things different and it frustrates guys, right? So, yeah, I'd love to see him back in his old ways. I mean, you're definitely going to see the old Dominic Cruz because he is 38-year-old Dominic Cruz. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel like his uh, style and stuff like that, although it was crazy back in the time when he was a dominant force, I feel like it's, we've now seen it a lot. And I feel like mm-hmm. people are going to be able to mimic that in training camps. And Cheeto is going to be there with his with his team. And they're going to be able to mimic Dominic Cruz a lot, right? Like even like guys like Tim Elliott um, mm-hmm. that I can yeah, think yeah, of yeah. fight very similar to him, right? They're, like there's people now that have grown up as children literally watching Dominic <laughs> Cruz and now right. fight like him, right? So uh, I think that kind of aura and mystery is is kind of cracked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Cheeto Cheeto Vera does not crack. Dude is dude is a monster. Uh, I have a f- freaking incredible Spider Man meme about Cheeto Vera on my page. So go check that out. <laughs> oh, Preston, okay, Preston, those are our picks, um, and that is the fight card. We are perfect on time. We're right around time. Preston, 
Nice. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I'm, I'm so happy that you came. I think you were the perfect guest for John Gooden. And I also think that uh, this was perfect because you just got engaged. So it was crazy <laughs> for us to be able to do that for you. It's nice that we're able to catch up yeah, with you. you. Uh, it, where, where can people find you? Where can people train with you? What do you want to say before we go? Yeah, so you can mostly just find me on Instagram at press the best. And that's a P-R-E-S-S, and then the best, T-H-E-B-E-S-T. That's what I am. Um, I train out of Pickering. That's just beside Toronto here in Canada. Um, and we're all over right now. We're going to New York. We have that Muay Thai Cup, uh, World Cup in um, Calgary. We just keep sending guys to. Um, Mexico, even. And actually, yeah, sorry, just to touch on like what John Gooden was saying about the bare knuckle fighting. So we, I have a training partner who just went down to Mexico to fight in Moy Barong, which is like, it's Muay Thai, but with just the ropes around your hand, right? So it's yeah, okay, yeah, basically yeah. bare knuckle, right? Yeah. He was paid, it was a pro fight, so he's paid $200, um, <laughs> broke his hand, uh, separated like a few of his knuckles and whatnot. Like he's not fighting for another year at least. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's apparently there's some money in that sport, but then when you think of things like that, it's like, oh, it's gonna put you out for so long, right? So maybe it's not the best way to go, but it's damn entertaining, right? <laughs> some of those BKFC fighters though, they they come back rather quick. Like I get that he broke yeah, his knuckles or whatever, but some of those BKFC fighters are fighting on the regular, man. And, uh, you know, they, they say that they get a lot of cuts, but that those heal up rather quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's know, more so just like the joint damage and whatnot. Cause yeah. 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 Did, it hurts. Did, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, where else, where else can people see you though? Where, where, when are you fighting next? I think you were saying. Yeah. So I think I'll be going back to the Warriors cup in New York, um, in December, they're going to have me back at my actual weight class. So nice. yeah, we're going to have some fun there. Just dummy in some smaller guys. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's about it. Nice. Yeah. All right. And, and, uh, Preston, I'd be remiss to say, who do you have on screen with you? That is your cute little doggy. Yes. This is Doggo here. I don't know if you heard her. Doggo? Um, oh yeah. We heard her. <laughs> oh yeah. We heard her Preston. We're going to be sending her a, a cease and desist <laughs> next time. Yeah, There's yeah, a cute dog. Was, uh, uh there. <laughs> trying Preston. to text my fiance there i'm like please can you get her please can you pick her up <laughs> stop this you're ruining this uh present it was a fantastic episode man guys i'm glad that everybody was here again remember to cheer on former guests of the podcast lupi godinez this weekend at ufc and uh tyler tai shay she is fighting at combate global on paramount plus so cheer those guys on for us go hit them up on their instagram hit up preston on his instagram and uh that's it, buddy. We'll see you next weekend or we'll see you next week with uh, Britain Hart. Have a good one, buddy. Nice, Thank you for nice. coming. Thanks you for buddy. having me. I'll be see back. <laughs> Ciao.